0: boundaries in a relationship are imperative I'm just going to repeat that guys boundaries in a relationship are freaking imperative now what kind of boundary and how to set the boundary and when to set the boundary is exactly what you need to learn in order to set the boundaries to set you and your partner for a successful relationship you're not doing it to keep them out I'm just going to repeat that, guys. You're not setting boundaries in your relationship to keep them out. You're setting boundaries so that you both can be very clear on what you're comfortable with and what you're not. Because sometimes, I'm not even saying that you have to set a boundary. Sometimes, guys, your boundary that you already have is way too freaking rigid and actually not beneficial to your relationship. So, how the hell do you know what boundary to set, when to set it, and how to set it? That's exactly what today's episode covers with me and my husband of 20 years. So, let's dive in right now in relationship theory on women of impact. And guys, if this episode brought you value, please, please do subscribe, share with your homies, rate and review. That is how you show the love. Now, let's dive in to relationship theory on women of impact. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. Today, we're gonna be talking about setting boundaries in a relationship, where to draw them, when to be flexible. I think this is an incredibly important idea. I'm Tom Bilyeu, and I am joined by my lovely and amazing wife, Lisa Bilyeu.
0: Going on 19 years marriage, baby. Married,
1: married. Married.
0: Married. In
1: fact, by the time this comes out, almost certainly we will have been married for 19 years, which is crazy. But we've been together for Almost. 20 and a half. Mm-hmm. It's madness. Yeah. Madness, I tell you. All right. So it finally can... feels real. Do you remember, like, in five <laughs> years? It was <laughs> like, when's this gonna feel like it feels? Yeah. Now it really does. Like, that's legit. It's no it joke. Fits. All right, let's use
0: this wisdom to help other people in their relationships. All right, how do I put up boundaries in the beginning of a potential relationship without putting the other person off by being too demanding, rigid, or set in my ways? I'm very independent and understanding which are traits that I like about myself, but it's often taken advantage of. I can see that it's a classic, you show people how you can treat them type of situation, but I find it hard to balance flexibility and boundaries. How do you advise I do this in a way that doesn't scare potential part of by making it sound like it's all work and no play being in a relationship with me
1: Woo. man so I really want to know the age of this person because I think part of the just phenomenal luck that we had was we met each other very young mm-hmm. and the fact that we got together in I mean you were 21 I was 24 so very early and You know, when I think about some of the things that worked for us, it wasn't like I was 38 and I just had so much momentum with how I was living my adult life. And now to welcome somebody in would be very hard. So you would need rules. So looking at it, it seems self-evident to me that part of the joy of being in a relationship is to actually open yourself up to being a pair. And you've got to want that and whatever like social stigma you have. Cause so again, pathologies on both sides. So, hey, I've just gotten into a new relationship and nobody recognizes me anymore. I ditch all of my friends. It's like the classic, oh, whenever you're with somebody like you cease to be you, I have friends like that. It's so weird to watch them get into a relationship where I'm like, I don't even recognize you. Like it's <laughs> there, there is you single and you in a relationship. And from the outside, it's so obvious and so amusing and then there are people that are like they don't change at all. And both of those are problematic. You should change. Like you are becoming a part of a pair and understanding that that the trade-off of giving up some of the like rhythms of your life should be a very worthy trade. So it's like the advice that I got about having kids. Tom, have kids, don't have kids. It doesn't matter. But whatever you do do it all the way be in a relationship don't be in a relationship doesn't really matter but whatever you do do it all the way like if you're going to be in a relationship like be in a relationship understand this doesn't mean you give up yourself it doesn't mean that you stop having selfish time it doesn't mean that you stop doing your hobbies and give up your goals but it does mean like you're not a single person anymore Mm. and if you're aching to be a single person you're doing it wrong Like either you've got the wrong person or maybe you just don't, relationships don't speak to you in that way, whatever. But if you're going into a relationship saying to yourself, I want this. Like I I am willing to make significant trade-offs in the rhythms of my life. I think that's the right way to say it. The rhythms of my life to be with this person, to bring them into my world or to enter their world or both quite frankly. And that's why I'm doing it and so at that point it's like yes people do treat you exactly the way they you let them treat you so you're gonna want boundaries for instance on our even getting together as young as we did we were so for a context I was just trying to get laid and I I was trying to
0: have a summer fling
1: right so which is another way of saying that you wanted to get laid and i i was like legally she's obligated to leave the country because of my
0: visa right
1: it felt perfect i was like this is amazing and i don't understand people's friction around that idea that sexual attraction is how a lot of this begins that's nature nature has done that to you don't get mad at me right (laughs) like this is evolution so um in in that sort of initial thing i was like well you're leaving anyway this isn't going to be a long-term thing i'm just going to be really really who i am and it wasn't even like super premeditated. It was just like I'd been in a relationship with somebody that I thought got a little Looney Tunes and I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. And so I was just like, hey, this is where I'm at, how I think and you know, take it or leave it. So I was like, look, I'll always find other people attractive. I assume you will always find other people attractive. That's not weird to me. And this wasn't done in like a pushback way. This was like so fun. It was such a fun conversation to be like, I'm not trying to posture, like here it all is. And in all of that, you're drawing boundaries. You're saying like, look, don't, don't ask me to um, pretend. And you were saying, look, I just got out of a relationship with somebody who's really jealous. Don't be fucking jealous. I don't have time for that energy, right? So it was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I get where sort of your lines are. You get where mine are. But the whole point of this is to enjoy each other's company. And then obviously as we really fell for each other, it was like, damn, like let's do this together
0: actually really like what you said like there is something to actually sharing experiences with your current partner about your past and this is why this bothers me and this is why i want to set a boundary like that actually hits me because at least i think i would want you to interact with me like that like hey this And in fact, you did, you said my past girlfriend was clingy and blah, 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 and I'm just not looking for anything. And so you were so honest with me and it was the honesty that then stuck with me. But if you had asked before I'd met you, would I want to, would I think about talking about porn if God exists and, (laughs) you know, finding other people attractive on our first day? I'd be like, no, like those are all boundaries that you shouldn't talk talk about those things on the first day. But we sat there, the conversation came up and it felt right. And so even setting boundaries beforehand can be a little dangerous because you may be setting some. That's interesting. You may be closing yourself off to something that actually you're like, oh, it's a different person when they do it like this. And she doesn't make me feel the way they did. So there has to be almost like, what I would do is I would go in and test. Okay, I think these are my boundaries. I'm gonna say this and then see how it feels. Instead of fucking in the line, do not cross this because I've done that many times. And then it becomes a situation where you're like, oh, I guess I don't need to draw this one. So mm-hmm. setting things like being very open about what your non-negotiables are. This is one thing we talk about a lot. Like from day one to me, there were things that was so hard boundaries that, and I just call them non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. You never lay a hand on me and you never cheat on me. Two things that those are my boundaries that are set in stone. Day one, if you don't appreciate them, then goodbye. Like I won't give in on those boundaries. But everything else I would somewhat try. Like. I had some boundaries on like trying some sexual things and it's just like, you know, sometimes like, well, maybe that boundary can shift a bit (laughs) and see how we feel. Like those sort of things I think allow you to try new things and be open and have great experiences. When you have the
1: trust and it wasn't like that stuff came really fast, wise. it's like yes, over thank time you for saying you're... That. Yes,
0: you But that's what I mean, like you don't necessarily have to draw all boundaries from day one because it's like, well they're going to take advantage of me, someone's going to lay out online. Because you will scare someone off. Mm-hmm. It's like imagine me and you on our first date, if you had came to me with all these freaking balls, right. I, I wouldn't have gone on the second date with you to find out it's who really you really interesting. were. interesting.
1: You know, some of this might be like a framing mechanism thing. So imagine Imagine for a second that you know what your boundaries are, and there are some that are hard and fast. There's a lot that you're probably you're pretty sure like you're not gonna do. There's two ways to respond when somebody brings them up. I'm never going to do that. Way one, hey, fair enough, your boundaries super clear. The other one is doesn't yet strike me as interesting. We can maybe revisit, you know, down the line. I'm being honest right now that I don't love the idea of that, but hey. You know, we can discuss at a later date, whatever. One lets the other person know, shut that shit down, (laughs) right? And then the other is like, hey, I'm not doing that now, whatever that is. It could be going shopping. It doesn't have to be something crazy. But it's like, I'm not going to do that right now. But I want you to know, like, this is an open dialogue. And, like, we'll continue this conversation. And it's really interesting because a lot of times what will upset you isn't what I do. It's how I do it. It's the way I say something or the look I give you that will really wind you up. And I'm left over here like, what? Like it's so surprising to me. So recognizing that while that may not be what I intend to communicate, it is what I'm communicating. And that I get a world of difference in terms of the response from you, just how I present the same idea. So that could be something I think people would find very useful. Mm.
0: And then as things come up, not being afraid to bring them up. So she, she should be her sweet self. Like it, it kind of breaks my heart. It was like, well, should I not be as, you know, giving and loving because people take you're advantage. She's, oh, yeah. So it's like, no, like I actually don't think that's the solution. I think it's be yourself. And then the second you notice someone maybe crossing a bit of a boundary that maybe you have in your head that you haven't articulated is not to attack them and be like, I can't believe you did that because they may not perceive it like that. So what I would do is sit that person down and say, hey, you know, jealousy is a perfect thing. Like, my ex-boyfriend was so ridiculously jealous to the point where, like, he, I was at university and college in my dorms, he would literally turn up just trying to try and um, trap me and see me cheating on him. I,
1: I if never you guys cheated. weren't young, I'd be like, yo, this is like... It's
0: so ridiculous at the age of 19. Of course, here. I never cheated on him, but he literally would show up at my dorm, knocking on the door, like, Why do I, people know, live like that? I know he's there. It's like... Who? I'm watching Friends. But, like, so that was where I was like, after I finally broke up with him, because it was my first boyfriend, so I was very much emotionally attached. After I broke up, I was like, this ain't gonna fucking happen. Like, right. no way, no how am I ever gonna have a guy be jealous that this is how they treat me? And I don't even remember how I very specifically told you, but.
1: It was I, something like this
0: Don't ever be fucking <laughs> jealous.
1: I don't do jealousy. <laughs> you don't fucking bring that here. And I remember thinking,
0: who lives like that?
1: <laughs> that's so weird.
0: But I, but I explained to you, my ex-boyfriend was so jealous, this is what he did, it was crazy, the amount of fights and arguments, I just, mm. that's not a relationship I find healthy. Yeah. And laying that on the line at the beginning, if you started to spill over, and let's say you did something again, and it was like now you started to show a bit of jealousy, I would say, hey, you know, maybe you don't mean to remember when we discussed the whole jealousy thing it's actually coming up for me right now and just to remind you this isn't a relationship that this homie isn't don't play that. Homie, don't play that game exactly and so have that and then if it comes up again third time then you know who they are and you can leave but not being so rigid on the boundary laying it out adjusting it explaining to them why they may have crossed it once why they may have crossed it twice But then after the third time being, okay, cool, this is that type of person. So
1: funny. I don't think most people have the um, communication ability to just go three strikes and you're out. Because I think that,
0: but you can develop it. Oh, so 100%. If, so if what I'm saying is like, 100%. oh, that's an interesting strategy. Now it's how do I do that?
1: As you were laying it out, I was like, oh my God, they're all going to be like, Lisa told me you got three times. And then he's going to be like, wait, what do you mean three times? You never told me. Yes, I did. Of course I told you. It's you like, have to
0: be very clear oh about my how God. many strikes they Writing it down,
1: getting people to sign something, like you really have to go ham. But I,
0: I think it's important. No, no, no.
1: I, Your advice is amazing. <laughs> getting th- people to understand though what's... The, the ability that you have to clearly articulate, hey, this is where I'm at, I just wanna be really clear, you steel-man the argument, you'd get me to steel-man it, you'd make sure I set it back to you so that you know I understand your exact position. Like, you've got so many techniques to make sure that we don't end up at strike three without willful, like, I'm at strike three, motherfucker, and what are you gonna do mm-hmm. about it? So I just wanna, I, love I that. wanna set people up to succeed.
0: Yeah. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad... All lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. I think that that's important. And the great news is I was the person that was like, hey, this is warning number 362. Mm. Can you please not do that? that's how i got to where i am now is that i've been there i've been that person that wasn't able to articulate that kept it literally felt like babe, i was hitting my head against the freaking brick wall because the very next day he would be fucking jealous again and i'm like we just spoke about this we just and then it becomes a fight right i'm, I'm not able to articulate back then i was 20 you know 20 years old 17 even um so it becomes this like how did i get to where i am hit my head against the brick wall time and time again, I realized that didn't work, I found a man who was very much willing to be communicative, right, selection matters, and then adjust accordingly. So it's like, okay, I've mentioned this three times, It's we're still not where we are, why not? What is the ownership I can take with myself? What am I not communicating with to you? And then, you know, the same with you, but. We always say the thing in our relationship, right, is set the person up for success. I want you to win, babe. I really want you to win. So set you up for success and be honest with, hey, we're, we're actually crossing a line now. Because you may not realize we're crossing a line. And if that feels true to me and I don't say that to you, that's bad on me. That's bad on me for not communicating that to you. That's not your fault. You may go, oh, shit, how did we get here? To me, I was just on, you know, trial two. Um, So I just think, and I'm not saying, everyone should get three strikes, I'm just saying that's how I would discuss it, where if it got to the point where
1: You feel like it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah,
0: you'd have to address that.
1: Can we introduce people to a concept? A British concept. So there's this whole idea of being taken advantage of in this question, and I wanna push back on that. Because I don't think that people can take advantage of you.
0: Is that a British phrase first? No, thing, we're gonna, off, no, huh?
1: no, no. We'll get to the British phrase in a second. I just wanna make sure that I agree with what I'm thinking. But yes, I don't think people can take advantage of you. They can certainly try, but they can do what the Brits call taking the piss. Now, I remember the first time I heard that phrase, it hit me so wrong. I thought it was so vulgar, which is weird because I Versus swear- Versus shit hits the yes, fan. Yes, <laughs> I know, it's so weird. Part of it is just, I was which not used to say. hearing it, right? Yeah. So anyway, so this idea of taking the piss, it is perfect to this because somebody can take the piss where they will overextend, where you're like, are you for real? But it's up to you whether you actually let them take advantage. Yeah. Cause you can say, whoa, 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 like, no, no, no. We don't do that. I don't play that like stop. So that does come down to it's not that people are taking advantage of you because you either let that happen or you don't but people can overextend they can take the piss they can be just absolutely ridiculous in what they're asking for or trying for or whatever but at that point that's where we say hey you are officially now taking the piss like this is crazy just like even trying to cross that line is crazy town So, and I know that a lot, like this is sort of the camp that moms fall into. Like they so get into the mindset of service, of doing something for other people, of putting other people first, that people will take the piss. Like they will just expect you to do X, Y, Z, to, I mean, like you're you're probably gonna push back on this because it was just another way of looking at life, but your grandmother, your Yaya, in the village, would literally stand while everyone else ate. And then would eat after she had like cleaned up and everything i just that's so crazy it's so foreign to me she
0: wouldn't eat with everyone else she would sit in the corner watch everyone eat and then wait for everyone to finish and then she would sit by herself
1: yeah so cultural differences whatever so i no value judgment on that whatsoever if your grandmother was happy i no beef but so many women get worked into situations that rhyme with that Mm -hmm. and then go through menopause only to be like why the fuck did i let everybody Mm -hmm. like suck me dry all these years so i just want to make sure that you know giving vernacular even crude vernacular like take the piss can help people create a new category so there's being taken advantage of which you participated in then there's taking the piss where the person is just like really like you're gonna ask for that you're gonna like make that move Mm -hmm. really so
0: As you were talking, I was like, all right, if someone is bad at communicating and they don't quite have the cadence down because they haven't been together for as long as we have, I was like, what advice could I do? And I thought of a great one. You know how um, the United States has the um, DEFCON?
1: DEFCON, yeah.
0: So now imagine you have one in your relationship about maybe the boundaries and you put or like in general and you put, hey, green means we're amazing. Defcon, what is it? Defcon one, Defcon two, Here's the Defcon problem. Three. Which is which? I don't is five you. bad or is one bad? <laughs> You're the American. I can never remember. You're the American, I know. can you tell me? I think Def Defcon five is high. Like that's the
1: worst. That's the fucking worst. Okay. Neither I of us you know. Yeah.
0: yeah, so whatever the worst is, now imagine you've put language to it. It's like, okay, this is danger zone. This is crossing the line. This is potentially breakup. Like imagine you kind of put those. It's a little like-
1: I'm imagining coming into the kitchen one day and finding we're at like (laughs) DEFCON 2 and I'm like, what happened? (laughs) We're we're in orange.
0: Uh, uh, But like, I'm just trying to think of ways that people communicate because the truth is, is that one of you may be on orange and the other person may be on red and you Mm. don't realize that the other person's there. Um, and that's where like me and you always talk about don't let the dust settle, right? Like always saying in real time when something's bothering you because what ends up happening is you go from one to five without even realizing. You're like, uh, uh, what the fuck? Where did two, three, and four go? So to avoid that from happening, then you could potentially do something like that where you're articulating to the other person that things are shifting.
1: Yeah, it's funny how many things you have to put into words. I was listening to something today about screenwriting. And the guy was like, here's the magic question to ask in screenwriting. How do we know that? Because when you're <laughs> writing the story, it seems self-evident to you. Oh, there's a bomb in the briefcase. But to the audience, you have to ask the question, how do they know that? In your relationship, you need to ask that same question. Like, I'm really upset. This is really offensive to me. This really bothers me. This is taking the piss. How does the other person know that? Like, what are you doing? And if the answer is, I gave them a dirty look, or, well, I made this cryptic statement, it's like, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right, like, you, know, you need fine. to say, hey, this thing makes me feel exactly this way, like, and this is the, a real breakthrough for people, and we should do an episode on this, is base assumptions. When two smart, loving people disagree vehemently you almost always have a a collision of values. So you each have a different base assumption about how the world works, or about how relationships should work, or about how whatever, how dishes should be put away, whatever, you have a real, like each of you thinks of something as being self-evidently true, that it doesn't even need to be vocalized. Obviously, it is this way. And so you're going at each other. And I remember this came up for the first time in business for me, and I was like, the guy that I'm, like really getting angry at, and who's really getting angry at me. And I'm thinking, this guy's a fucking moron. And he's thinking I'm a moron. And I thought, but I know he's not a moron. (laughs) So what the hell is happening? And I just thought, and again, thinking as a writer, what would need to be true for this character to both be smart, sane, and be acting the way that they're acting? Mm. Well, if they believed this, then everything else would make sense. And so I was like, do you believe this? Yes, of course. Oh my (laughs) God, I was like, what? (laughs) So then I was like, all right, I'm gonna call this a base assumption. You have that base assumption, but this is my base assumption. So all of my arguments are built on this foundation. For instance, I'll just give people a, a real one in our relationship. Efficiency matters more than tidiness. That's self-evidently true to me. That's your base assumption. How on earth can people move through the world (laughs) thinking that being tidy matters more than being efficient? That's madness. Now your base assumption is that tidiness, efficiency, what? Like tidiness. Matters like that's cleanliness, it's next to godliness.
0: No, 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 no. you actually got that slightly oh, wrong.
1: Please give me cleanliness help. Cleanliness
0: me. allows me to clear my mind, so now my mind is efficient. It's not fucking looking at that bloody dirty thing in the corner over Perfect. there. It's not so, so it,
1: tidiness is efficiency,
0: exactly.
1: Wonderful. So now you're going base assumption tidiness is efficiency. My base assumption tidiness is the enemy of efficiency. I don't articulate this. I don't know. I, right. I never say it out loud. Imagine I don't. You never say it out loud. Mm-hmm. So now we're like, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you keep leaving this around? Why do you keep hiding things? Whatever. And so now we're both like really getting frustrated because if tidiness is really the enemy of efficiency and efficiency is what matters, then the way you're acting is crazy. If tidiness is efficiency and efficiency is what matters, then the way that I'm acting is crazy but once you articulate those you're like oh my god we actually see the world that differently on this subject but once you articulate it and you say it out loud suddenly the other person has what I call internal logic now I may disagree but there's at least internal Mm -hmm. logic now I can predict your behavior because tidiness is efficiency of course you're going to tidy because efficiency is what matters of course if I believe that tidiness is the enemy of efficiency, I'm not going to be tidy. Now, again, we may not agree with each other, collision of values, but now we can understand each other, and that alleviates a lot.
0: Oh, God, that's so good, and then one more added thing to that is, in those situations, once you start to go, oh, what's your base assumption and what's mine, it takes away the right and wrong, because I think sometimes when you get into arguments like that, it's like, you're freaking crazy, you're wrong, how the hell is, you know, being messy efficient? Like, what are you talking about, and it's like, so no no that's just how my assumption that's how i function so now it's
1: that's how i see the world how
0: i see the world that's like that's an important
1: and so here now we're really in the advanced class in life public service announcement in life people have got to want a diversity of opinion you've Mm -hmm. got to want it you have to believe that what makes the world work is the friction between competing viewpoints. We're in a weird moment in time where people want everybody to think like them and they think that will make the world better. Once you realize, oh, there is no utopia, there are only trade-offs, now it's like what makes something healthy is that yin yang. There's a reason that symbol exists and has existed for, I mean, God knows how long, hundreds, thousands of years? This idea of within one is the other and they are not opposites they complement each other. Mm. And right now, people are looking at the world as if its opposites colliding, and one is right and one is wrong. And once you realize it's the yin-yang, it's the, the dance between one example, the male and the female energies, right? Then you get, oh, each of these are valuable. So it's not about making the other into what I am or the way that I see the world, and it's not about the other person trying to make me into something. This is about a dance, right? and once you understand that magnets work precisely because they create a little bit of repulsion Mm -hmm. like that's how like the when you look at something like a high speed rail i fear i'm losing you but when you look at like a high speed rail or even the cern where they're creating basically the first moment of the universe by whipping these particles around using magnets they don't do it through smacking them together and they get stuck. Mm. They use that propulsion, which moves things along and literally shoots them at like insane speeds. And you can get that kind of beautiful momentum in society in your relationship by respecting. It's that little bit of repulsion against each other, that little bit of friction that makes it all work. And so I want you to be different. I want you to see things a little bit differently than I. One more, just to bring this home in business.
0: I just want to add to that, though, that is something that I mean, because of that, I'm a better person for it. You push for the friction, yeah. you push me in ways that I wouldn't naturally think. And so you challenge me. you help me think, um you you push me in order for me to actually think about what am I really thinking, how do I articulate it? And then when you articulate it, you hear it out loud. And when you hear it out loud, you're like, oh, well, is this the only way? And then you challenge it, and then it becomes like, oh, actually, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. Mm. And then that's how you grow. That is how you get better. It is finding someone that is has the same goal, I think, right? Because you want me to do well, so you're willing to challenge me. If you wanted my demise, then you're challenging me, I wouldn't listen to, right? right. So finding that, finding that person that is, isn't exactly like you that can cause the friction in order for you to get better and for you to grow. Yeah. And then you wanna say one last in that business.
1: Well, just to say the same thing in a different way. In business, they say, if you and your partner think alike, one of you is unnecessary. Which is true. Yeah, you need somebody that has a slightly different perspective. Now, we're, we won't get into like values. You wanna have enough similarity that it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having that little bit of friction is really where the magic happens. Cool, guys, I hope this is adding value to you. I hope these things serve you as much in your relationship as they have in ours. They have been life-changing things that we have cobbled together over two decades together. And if this is adding value to you, please hit that subscribe button. Please be sure to ring that bell for notifications. Be sure to like the video. It helps us reach more people and ensures that we keep doing this, hopefully forever and ever. All right, my friends, go forth and build an amazing relationship. And until next time, take care, peace out.